Sunday, January 9, New York City. Andrzej Bogoslawski is sitting in the shed with his friend Buddha. How you doing, Buddha? It's not so cold today. No, no, it's raining. And how is your wife doing? What's her name? I forgot. I forgot too. Okay. And how's the rabbit? I'm good. Oh, you're pretending to speak like Buddha. <laughs> Boy. So this episode will be about artists in high school part two. So it's four years of high school. Like I said before, I got into this culinary high school not on my own will. That wasn't my first choice. I was already painting oils on canvas. I was already uh, learning how to be. I wanted, I dreamed to be an artist. I was also in sports. But I won this Olympiad of linguistics, Russian language, and I came back to Poland to hometown with gold medal from Moscow after two beautiful weeks in Moscow. Oh, my God. I fell in love with this Mongolian girl. She was so beautiful, and she spoke perfect Russian. And then I fell in love with this Greek girl, and uh, tall, beautiful. She didn't speak a word in Russian. Oh, love has no boundaries. <laughs> Let me tell you something. So I'm back with this gold medal and my parents say, you need a practical profession. You know, being an artist is not very practical. We want you to be a chef. We want you to do something with food industry because it always has a future. <clears throat> Just like undertaker, <laughs> I suppose. So they forced me to go to this high school. I could go to any high school with gold international medal of Olympics. And there were exams to my high school because it happens to be the most prestigious high school in the whole country. All the kids apply there. They accept only 400 students a year. You know, one class like my class is uh, gourmet cooking for the restaurants. Then there is another class of... Uh, uh, butchers, for instance, and another class, some other industries related to food industry. So <clears throat> I, I, I really didn't want to go, but, but I, I went. I had to go. And <clears throat> as soon as I got in, I realized that's not so bad. You know, 28 girls, I'm by myself. 99.9% .9 of high school, couple thousand students are girls. Half of them sm from small towns, from small villages. Because I went to the, this big city 50 miles away and I had to sleep in the dorms for, for boys who are from out of town, who go to different high schools, electronics, electrics. And literally on the first month in this big city, I was walking in the street and I saw on the street level like a storefront sculptor studio. And I walked in there and I, the guy's, you know, making sculptures in wood and marble. And I started talking to him and I showed him one of my wooden sculptures. I actually was more into sculpture than into painting. I was fantasizing about it. And he told me I need to draw. I need to learn how human anatomy goes, how human body proportions and the skins and the muscles and the best place to do it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a perspective for many years to come. Go to this community center on the other side of town, beautiful building. Oh, my God. Built in 1930s by the Germans. This is area of East Prussia. So it used to be Germany before 1945. And then the Russian army invaded uh, Poland, liberated Poland. And the, all the Germans from East Prussia got moved to Germany by force. And area got populated by Polish people from Lithuania, Ukraine. Uh, peasants, basically. They, they, so the whole area was agriculturalists, people with barely any education. So nevertheless, I, here I am uh, in this community center, beautiful studio, figure like 
like 60 feet long by 20 feet wide. And on one side, there's windows, there's high ceilings, 20 foot ceilings, and the windows are 20 feet overlooking the park with a lake. You know, you can't have any better art studio than that. I never had any better art studio than that. And uh, and there was a there was a manager who was managing few employees, and they were doing all kinds of posters and banners for the city, for the state, and they had few young people like me who were coming and painting uh, still lifes and stuff on the easels. So there were these easels, there were color palettes, and he actually gave me a box of oil paints and and but I had to provide my own materials, so. So that was the beginning of my adventure. So this manager, he was experienced artist. He was with, you know, 20, 30 years experience as an artist, as a painter. He barely exhibited, but he he had sufficient education to teach me something. And then I met this other fellow who was coming there once or twice a week. I was basically going almost every day after school. School is over at 2, 3 p.m. And it's, it's a walk about a mile from my high school to this community center. So... I'm walking there and I paint till till dinner time in my dorm, 6 p.m. I grab a dinner. After dinner, there's a karate training or sports training. So my days were busy during high school. And later in the second year, on the third year of high school, I got involved in do, uh, reciting poetry on the stage because there were these uh, very prestigious competitions of poetry and reciting literature and poetry in Russian language. <coughs> so I had this advantage over native Polish, but a lot of native Polish actually had Russian roots, parents, grandparents who spoke Russian in the house. So the competition was severe and I was winning those competitions as well. Uh, the stage reciting poetry performing. But I also participated in Olympics of Russian language again and I was winning local and national. And uh, But uh, about painting, uh, uh, this fellow I met, he was a student at Academy of Agriculture, I think, or an architect. I think he was studying architecture. So he tells me, you know, there is this artist um, uh, who graduated Academy of Visual Arts in Warsaw, and he lives here and here. Here's his phone number. And he has sort of a circle of young people. He gives them corrections. He gives them tips, like you would go with your portfolio every two or three months and show what you did in the past two or three months, 20, 30 drawings, paintings, you need to have a body of work, you understand? You don't show up with one drawing. I painted a frog. What do you think? No, that's not how it works. So I called the guy. I showed up with my latest drawings and he was very persistent. You know, he was very good. He was very passionate about Rembrandt um, ink drawings and basically drawing like Rembrandt, not just prints, but drawing this very analytical, but also spontaneous and passionate ink drawings. That was his big thing. But he was also big on technology. So he taught me how to boil linen canvas before you stretch it so it's pre-shrunk, so it shrinks. So it's not going to shrink in the humidity when the painting is finished and it's humidity, it's raining. It's not going to shrink and warp your stretchers. He taught me how to apply rabbit skin glue in America, it's called. But in Europe, it's called bone glue. So you mix this powder, bone glue, or rabbit skin glue, they call it 
in America. You buy it in art stores. It's like a powder. It's basically a gelatin. Whatever gelatin you buy in a store, it's made out of you know, bones boil. They take bones from a butcher and they boil it for three days and they get all the gelatin out of it. And then the bones is pure calcium. They grind it and they make calcium pills. So this is how they make this bone glue. Bone glue is ancient. It's over 5,000 years old. Egyptian mummies are wrapped up in linen attached with bone glue. There is even other kind of glue from fish bones. So it's even more complicated, but also more durable. Russians were using a lot of fishbone glue. So you, you, you boil the canvas, you stretch the canvas, you apply the gelatin. Uh, after you mix the gelatin, it, it solidifies, it's a jelly. You apply it, you rub it into the canvas, it dries, it flat on the floor. You don't just do one canvas, you just do 20 canvases, you know, for, for a month or two. And after the, the bone glue dries, what, uh, what glue does to the canvas is sort of makes it like a drum. So you can literally use it as a drum after you apply the glue. It becomes more solidified and also it closes this, this very tiny pores between the canvas. Uh, how the canvas is made, there are these holes, right? <clears throat> the water can go through. But after you apply the glue, the water cannot go through. So when you apply a gesso, not acrylic gesso like nowadays, but the traditional gesso made out of 50% chalk, chalk and 50% white zinc, and then you mix it with this bone glue and you add a few droplets of linseed oil for linen, uh, for oil technology. And this is the first layer of gesso, and it needs to dry for about a week. After that, you apply a second layer of gesso, but before you apply it, you heat up the gesso, which you keep in the fridge so the glue doesn't stink up, goes bad. So you heat it up after the refrigerator, and you, you add more, mix, 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 in a water bath. So the, the bucket of, of this gesso... You put in a hot water bath on a, on a stove, on a low fire, you heat up the gesso and you add a little more oil. So that's your second layer of gesso. It contains more oil, but it's considered dry gesso. If you want your gesso to, to, to consume oils, suck them in from the paints you apply, you can paint on a second layer of gesso. But if you want your gesso to let oil paint leak, like not to absorb so much oil from your paints, then you need to apply a third layer of gesso with even more linseed oil. So you heat it up for the third time after one week it dries flat on the floor and you apply it. And you apply it with a, a brush that is basically a shoe polish brush. And as you move your hand with this warm gesso, you move it not in circles, but number eights. You rub in the gesso into the canvas. So the third layer of gesso, your canvas becomes so flat like a glass, basically. It, you does, it barely has any texture of actual canvas. You understand? Uh, the purpose of it is 
just in case you decide to apply gold leaf or do any incrustations like like carving into the gesso so it doesn't have this this texture of the canvas but some artists nowadays they even Gauguin was painting on ungessoed canvas so he was using the brownness of the canvas as a background in his paintings so you can do that as well especially nowadays because we paint acrylics we don't actually need a gesso but it's always recommended to make your canvas uh, as stiff as a drum so and boil it before you stretch it when after you boil a canvas like you buy five yards of canvas linen canvas forget about cannon, uh, cotton canvas why cotton canvas is not good because cotton by its nature deteriorates under influence of air oxygen oxygen kills cotton so after 20 years i have a couple paintings from uh, 30 years ago actually from 1989 uh it's yellow it's yellow and it's because thin canvas thin um, cotton canvas usually available cheap in the stores you can poke it with your finger and make a hole so that's horrible imagine you sold this painting to somebody for a couple thousand dollars 10, 20 years went by and they poked it and they, they, they made a hole, you understand? Or worse than that, you know, the, the humidity made your stretchers, your wooden stretchers warp like a bicycle wheel and tore the canvas. So these people are going to find you and they're going to sue you. They're going to sue the gallery they bought it from. They're going to sue you. You don't want to disappoint your collectors. And this is the lesson I learned many times in my youth. So my teenage years, my high school was was full of learning procedure, basically. My high school was about culinary, cooking classes every day for two hours, I think. <laughs> We're cooking something. And, 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 but mostly I was into, into drawing and painting. And the approach to visual arts to be analytical about visible world. So here I am sitting in a studio after school, a little bit tired, but not so much. It's a state of the mind, basically, to be creative. I'm by myself. There's no music, no interruptions. And I, this is a meditative process of emptying your mind, not thinking about any problems, but just looking at the still life, this glass, this 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 piece of cloth and something, and, and making it onto the canvas with colors or drawing it, composing making a composition building building up all the textures and composition and expressing what is visible in front of you so first few years of i would say five years of artist education should be simply about <laughs> painting what you, you you see with your eyes you know you uh, occasionally will have some Ideas that come from the deepest, deepest you, and you will put it on canvas. That's good. That's good. But in order to express what your vision is in the head, you need to have the vision. First of all, let's say you have a vision. You had a dream about this and that, and you want to paint it. You woke up in the morning. Good, but you need to know how to paint it because if you paint this tree that doesn't look like a tree but like a pile of you know what, you know, it's not gonna, 
then you, you, you yourself will realize you're lacking the skills. So what I'm talking about is acquiring the skills, practical skills as an artist. So nowadays, with all these years of experience, you know, I even look at computer artwork and manipulated artwork when they take a photograph and manipulate it in different computer softwares. And I can recognize this particular person just has no idea what they're doing. You understand? And the message they're trying to transcend is not very clear. It's very confusing. The message they deliver is not very positive. It's not about positivity, but it's more about something depressing, something disgusting. You also need to learn art history and history of civilizations. And this is the time to do it when you're in your high school. You understand? This this is the time to acquire as much knowledge as possible. Because when you get older in your 20s, you will get busy with business, organizing your life. You know, I got married. I was 26 years old in New York City. <coughs> so when you're in your teens, you need to... You need to you need to focus on on education and put it into practical skills and find time to develop your creativity. If you're a poet, write your poetry, find time to write your poetry. And the, the, the philosophy is that art needs to come from within. Yes, of course, it's from within. But it's also about your life, your actual experiences. Your dog died last year and you miss this dog. So paint this dog, paint the portrait of a dog. I don't know. So what I'm trying to tell you, uh, reality is infinite in its very substance and nature. When quantum physics say reality is made out of vibrations, that the atoms are actually not solid like balls, they're, they're actually vibrations, you understand? So reality is a constantly changing river of life. And to capture it in this very moment, where now, when you're standing now, right now, is a great art basically. You're stopping time and you personally placing yourself in a space-time that will never come back. It will never be as it was yesterday, last week, last year, 10 years ago. Time will never come back. This is the nature of space-time and the universe we live in. You understand? Universe expands and the space between the atoms expands and in 100 billion years it will be so expanded, so blown up that we won't be seeing any stars on the sky, so they say. What I'm trying to tell you, the most valuable treasure in your life is actual time of your life. How many years you got? 80, 90, maybe 100. Some might live longer. Every minute counts. Every day counts. And if you're going to be wasting half a day here, half a day there, then by the end of the week, you drop down on your knees and you will say, God, I have to tell you, I wasted half of my week. I did shit. <laughs> and God will forgive you because that's what God does. God forgives his creatures. But you yourself need to be realistically assessing where you are and what you're doing today, right now. How you're contributing to your own life, not to mention to the life around you. And if you're going to develop resentments and anger about you being a slob and sitting on the couch and eating potatoes, chips, and watching computer games, then you're going to be hating yourself for doing what you're doing. 
and you're going to be in a vicious cycle. What do you think, Buddha? Am I going too far? No, you're not going too far. Okay, so it's almost 20 minutes. So that was high school artist in, in my high school. Thank you for listening.